Judges chapter 6, and it's here we're going to meet probably the second most famous of all the judges, Gideon. The children of Israel did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, so Yahweh delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. The hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of Midian, the children of Israel made themselves the dens which are in the mountains, the caves, and the strongholds. So it was, when Israel had sown, that the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east came up against them. They encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth until you come to Gaza. They left no sustenance in Israel and no sheep, ox, or donkey, for they came up with their livestock and their tents. They came in as locusts for multitude, both they and their camels were without number, and they came into the land to destroy it. Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the children of Israel cried to Yahweh. When the children of Israel cried to Yahweh because of Midian, Yahweh sent a prophet to the children of Israel, and he said to them, Yahweh the God of Israel says, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am Yahweh your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not listened to my voice. Yahweh's angel came and sat under the oak which was in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. His son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Yahweh's angel appeared to him and said to him, Yahweh is with you, you mighty man of valour. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if Yahweh is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his wondrous works, which our fathers told us of, saying, Didn't Yahweh bring us up from Egypt? But now Yahweh has cast us off and delivered us into the hand of Midian. Yahweh looked at him and said, Go in this your might and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Haven't I sent you? He said to him, O Lord, how shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Yahweh said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. He said to him, If now I have found favour in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Please don't go away until I come to you and bring out my present and lay it before you. He said, I will wait until you come back. Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes of an ephah of meal. He put the meat in a basket and put the broth in a pot and brought it out to him under the oak and presented it. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cakes and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. He did so. Then Yahweh's angel stretched out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes and fire went up out of the rocks and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And then Yahweh's angel departed out of sight. Gideon saw that he was Yahweh's angel, and Gideon said, Alas, Lord Yahweh, because I have seen Yahweh's angel face to face. Yahweh said to him, Peace be to you, don't be afraid, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar to Yahweh and called it, Yahweh is peace. And to this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abizrites. That same night, Yahweh said to him, 
Take your father's bull, even the second bull seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is by it. Then build an altar to Yahweh your God on the top of this stronghold, in an orderly way, and take the second bull, and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah pole which you cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants, and did as Yahweh had spoken to him. Because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, he could not do it by the day, but he did it at night. When the men of the city arose in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and the Asherah was cut down that was beside it. And the second bull was offered on the altar that was built. They said to one another, Who has done this thing? When they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon the son of Joash has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, because he has broken down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the Asherah that was by it. Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? He who will contend for him, let him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because someone has broken down his altar. Therefore on that day they named him Jeroboam, saying, Let Baal contend against him, because he has broken down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east assembled themselves together, and they passed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But Yahweh's spirit came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Ebezer was gathered together to follow him. He sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and they also were gathered together to follow him. He sent messengers to Asher and to Zebulun and to Naphtali, and they came up to meet him. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the ground, then I'll know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have spoken. It was so. For he rose up early on the next day and pressed the fleece together and wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Gideon said to God, Don't let your anger be kindled against me, and I will speak but this once. Please let me make a trial just this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry on the fleece, and on all the ground around let it be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry on the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. So we've been through a bunch of judges, we've been through four, and the other judges oppressed Israel for longer periods than the Midianites do in this chapter. But the Midianite oppression, even though it's shorter, is more miserable. And um, it's, it's so bad that Gideon has to hide inside a wine press to thresh the wheat. There's a process where you know you get the seeds out of the husk and all of that by throwing it up and the wind blows it away. Well, he has to do this in secret so as to not be seen. So the Midianites are basically uh, you know, ravaging the land, almost like locusts, just you know, licking it clean. And so I said earlier that, that things get worse and worse and worse as it goes through the book of Judges. And so it's pretty bad. The Midianites are now in the land. They've been there for seven years and the Lord appears to um, Gideon and calls him a mighty man of valor. And, um, and uh, <laughs> Gideon... He must not have felt like he was a mighty man of valor because the first thing that the Lord asks him to do is to chop down or to tear down the altar of Baal 
and to build this and to chop down the Asherah pole that was next to it and to build a new altar to the Lord and sacrifice this cow on top. Now this altar actually belongs to his father, but it's all the townspeople, when they find out about this, they get really angry. So it seems like this is a town, a place where the people of that town worship. But it seems like Joash, Gideon's dad, is some kind of a leader in that town. He doesn't want to do it in the daytime. He's too afraid, so he does it at night. He, he breaks down Baal's altar, chops down the Asherah pole, uses the wood on the pole, sacrifices an altar on an altar to God, and then he uses 10 of his servants to do this. So apparently, even though Gideon doesn't feel like a very important person, he must, he's got 10 servants, so he's somewhat important. And um, of course, the next day they say, who did this? And I guess one of the 10 couldn't keep a secret. <laughs> How else would they have found out? And um, someone did say, I'm trying to remember where I've read it, but someone did say that, um, that it's hard to keep a secret when you've got 10 people involved. And it's true. There's always someone that, that talks. And so what happens here is that they come out and they demand Gideon's death. But Gideon's father, um, Joash, says, isn't Baal a god? Can't Baal defend himself? In other words, why are you trying to stand up for Baal? You're just people, and Baal's apparently a god. Let, let Baal deal with him. And so that's where Gideon's nickname comes from, let, let Baal contend, or Jerob Baal. And you know, this uh, was just two, three weeks ago in the news, we heard about the discovery of this piece of pottery that was found um, in Israel with the word Jerob Baal written on it. And... Um, it's discovered apparently in 2019, but the news of it was only just out just recently. And Jerob Baal, it's, it's, it's Gideon. Now, some people don't think it's Gideon. You know, there's always people that don't think it is. But for me, it's, it's pretty likely because, uh, first of all, it dates to the right period of time. It's in the right layer, you know, the judge's layer. But also, the fact is that this is a nickname, not a real name. So if you think about it from the perspective of, of it being a real name, let God fight, let Baal fight against him, it's a weird name. But if, as a nickname, it fits. And so they've discovered this pottery that had written on it, you know, the property of Jerob Baal. So they found a pot that belonged to Gideon, at least most likely. <laughs> I think it's really, really interesting. Now Gideon, he, uh, he wants signs. He's not convinced. So he actually asks for three signs in this chapter. The first sign is when the Lord appears and is talking to him, he actually asks the Lord to stay and give him a sign. He goes and makes the Lord food, and the Lord causes a fire to come out of the rock and accept that food as a sacrifice. And that's when Gideon realizes, wow, I was talking to the Lord. And then twice later, there's the sign with the fleeces. And... Um, so Gideon is someone that's really a little bit unsure. Even though there's an obvious sign, he's, fit, he's tentative, he's uncertain. And, um, and you know what? A lot of us are like that too. There are, there are different reasons why people don't jump to obey the Lord. And we've been going through the Bible and you'll remember Moses gave five excuses why he didn't want to do what God was asking. But in Moses' case, it seemed like it was um, more like low self-esteem or I'm not good enough or there could have been a bit of fear there too but with Gideon it seems like it really was fear he's really afraid of the Midianites 
really does not want to do what's being asked of him and he just wants to be 100% sure that this is really the Lord, he's not certain. And um, so for some people, they don't follow the Lord because of, of fear. Some people don't follow the Lord because they're uncertain. Some because they have low self-esteem. Some are lazy. Some are self-absorbed. Some just want to do their own thing. There's lots of reasons why people don't follow the Lord or don't do what he asks. But you know what? It's easy to blame someone like Gideon, but we're all like him. We all have a reason why we delay. There's only, from what I can work out, there's only two people in the Bible who are just so naturally inclined to do exactly what the Lord wants straight up. Now, there's probably more, and if, if you stop to think about it, you might think of some more names, but it, there's two. One is Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and the other is Daniel. <laughs> They're both just so in tune with, with doing what the Lord wants. They, Mary does ask a question when the Lord, when she finds out she's going to become the mother of the Messiah. She doesn't ask uh, why she just asks how. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that's great. And you know, maybe Joseph, maybe there are some others as well. But even the greatest people in the Bible, like Moses and Paul and King David, they all, you know, they all have their, their, their problems and their doubts and their questions. And you know what? That's because most people are like that. So, Father, I ask you to help us. Help us to, um, well, we look at someone like Gideon, and we, we realize that he was a mighty man of valor, Lord, that the name that you gave him was a true name, and yet he was full of fear at the same time. And Lord, I want to say that that's us. Lord, we're, we're, so often we're afraid. We want to do what you want, but Lord, help us. Help us, help the valor to come out. Help uh, the courage to come out of our lives. Help us, Lord, to serve you and to not make excuses. Help us to not to be so uncertain that we keep having to test you all the time. Lord, help us not to put you to the test. So I ask you to give us the grace that was clearly upon Gideon to eventually complete the task he was given. Help us, Lord, to complete the task that you give to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.